Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Random Troy Radio, episode 440, coming to you on Monday, August 29th. It is game week. USC is going to play a football game in the Lincoln Riley era this week. This week, this Saturday. At the Coliseum, 3 p.m. on the Pat 12 Networks. Uh, I hope you guys are excited. We're excited. We're going to talk about this season going into it this year and give you our game predictions. It's our annual season prediction episode. We're going to walk through every single game on USC's roster, uh, on USC's schedule, uh, roster we did last episode, uh, on the schedule and go through, give you our win uh, and loss totals and all that, and so much more here on this episode. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts right here on YouTube and anywhere else you can find a podcast. We are there. Our email address is Troy at fansire.com, and our phone number, 213-373-1USC-SECOND-WHATSBURN-SHOW. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, joined along with my co-host here in the Reign of Troy studio in Los Angeles. Elisa Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. It is game week. How excited are you? I am pumped. I am absolutely pumped. It's game week. We are just days away from USC football, from getting to watch Lincoln Riley pull the strings with this offense. And oh, uh, I'm I'm counting down the days. Yeah, it's it's going to be a a fun time. <laughs> Get your get your feet wet with the Lincoln Riley era this week uh, against Rice, uh, and maybe probably not the game that that you would have worried uh, or you know circled to be worried about uh, on USC schedule. But that's a good thing. You you need to work into something. Uh, so I don't want to give away our spoilers of what we think the or how the Rice game will go. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday with a full preview episode for that one, but. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I hope you guys in the chat are excited. Uh, be sure to join us along, everyone who is watching us on YouTube. Throw in your questions there. Tell us how excited you are for Saturday. Uh, what are you guys doing on Saturday? What 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 is your your uh, your situation? Are you going to the game? Let us know in the comments. Uh, are you going to be at home uh, tailgating at home, tailgating at the Coliseum uh, on campus? What are you doing? Let us know. Uh, and uh, yeah, Alicia, my setup and your setup is going to be a little bit different this year. Not only are we going to do live 
car casts after each game. And we've talked about this before. So Saturday night, uh, the game's at three o'clock. Uh, I mean, it's probably be done at about six 30 or so. Wouldn't you say? Thereabouts. Yeah. So right about six 30, we are going to go live with our first post game car cast of the, the season and the first ever on YouTube. So I'm super excited for that, except Alicia. It's going to be your first solo car cast in like forever because I won't be able to join us. Yeah. When you say we are going to be live, you mean I you. am going to be live. I'll be tuning in. I'll tune you'll be, you'll in. I'll be tuning in. He's going to be on assignment somewhere, not in, uh, not in Los Angeles. And that's a <laughs> should bummer. We, should we tell the people what my assignment is? I mean, if you want to. <laughs> I, I am helping my best friend move which means driving across the country 2000 miles over labor day weekend so uh by all accounts i will be somewhere in the middle of wyoming or utah uh during the race game so i'll be tuning in uh hopefully <laughs> assuming that we have some uh, sort of cell service i mean that's the real question is how connected to the world will you be I don't know. by that point we'll have to see I just have a question of is moving the first week of September on par with scheduling a fall wedding? Because I think it should be. I think it should be. I mean, one of the things we've talked about before, this is going to be the first year in 30 years that I will not be going to the Coliseum for a game because we're going to be putting all of our eggs in the post game car cast basket. Uh, yeah, guys. So make sure you show up. <laughs> but, but on top of that, like, yeah, miss, missing a game in a car cast is going to be a bummer. But the good news is, uh, the good news for sure is that we will be, um, you know, doing car cast all week. And next week is the the big rivalry game against Stanford. So I will be there for that. On uh, the plus side, uh, a, a solo car cast for me means it's just going to be all me just interacting with everybody in the chat. So yeah. if there was ever a time plus, to tune in live, like that's going to be the one. Let, let's be honest. People do not tune in for me. They tune yeah. in for you. And so this is going to be great. There'll be more Alicia time. People will be super excited to see what you're mad about, what you're, you know, uh, giddy about, all those things. Uh, people will join in uh, and, and get pumped with you on uh, on Saturday night. And then uh, the Fallout episode uh, next Monday will be a solo one for you too. So I will be back for the Stanford preview, um, but I'll be here for the race preview too. So uh, look forward to those things. Um, let's go. And before we get into the news, uh, as always, you can help grow the show by leaving us a review over on Apple podcasts. We do have a new review over there. This comes from D side Vivix who says hands down one of the best CFB USC podcasts out there. Top quality show with two people that actually know their stuff in depth discussions on real inside football topics that get missed by the bigger sports news networks. Uh, going to be a great season. Congrats on the wedding and fight on five stars. Thank you for that. That's, that's very awesome. thank you. Yes, we appreciate all of the uh, this wave of new reviews is is really heartwarming to us and uh, keep them coming, guys. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So yeah, you can you can help support the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like this live stream right now. Hit the button. We'll wait. Where is it? It's like mm, over it's here somewhere. Yeah. Oh, I, I, is it is it on the right or the left? I think um, you tell me when you click it. There you <laughs> go. There you go. You got it. Uh, <laughs> like the stream, like the video, 
uh, and be sure to subscribe to us there. But Alicia, we got some news to get into and then predictions for the 2022 USC football season. Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Rain of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Rain of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Uh, new commitments. SC got four new commitments this past month in August. Four-star wide receiver to Kobe Lane. That's a big one. Three-star offensive linebacker Alani Noah. Four-star offensive edge rusher. Linebacker. <laughs> that's a that's a, that's a new position. Did I say offensive? You said I? offensive linebacker. <laughs> I'm, I'm losing it. It's been a long month, guys. It has. Four-star edge rusher Braylon Shelby. Four-star corner. Uh, Malachi Crawford, um, what makes of you all of the recruiting efforts this month? Yeah, we haven't really covered these this month, and so we're just going to do a quick roundup here. Uh, Jacoby Lane is a is a big four star receiver. That is uh, obviously the more receivers you get, the happier everybody is in this offense. The one I really want to highlight though is Alani Noah, only a three star, but big body offensive lineman. More offensive lineman. USC absolutely needs to start just filling up that position group. So uh, that one, obviously a very, very big get in terms of positional needs. So USD's recruiting is chugging along. It feels like every week they're adding another, another uh, prospect. So the momentum is good. And now it's all down to what happens on the football field and whether or not they can carry that into, uh, into the December signing day. Yeah. The Trojans currently ranked 13th uh, nationally. Mind you, that's with 17 commitments to five stars eight four stars, uh, which is not many compared to some of the other big schools. I mean, you look at Ohio State's got 17 four stars, Notre Dame 19 already. Uh, they're fourth uh, and sixth, the Buckeyes. Uh, but lots of time. We'll, we'll see how everything comes together for Lincoln Riley's first real full class. Um, you, you could say that the class this past uh, Sion Day wasn't, you know, not like he was here the full cycle. So this one, Especially the full cycle the whole way. Especially with an early signing day, yeah. coaches are at a, such a disadvantage when they get hired to begin with. So this will be a really, really big class for USC and for Lincoln Riley. And I firmly believe that the the moment things start going well with this season, it's going to be like shooting fish in a barrel. 
Sure. I was going to yeah. say ducks in a pond, but I don't think that's actually that easy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of those things are easy. No. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some NIL updates um, from the Boulevard and Stay Doubted. What is this thing about Stay Doubted wants $50,000 per player? What? Yeah. So the Stay Doubted Collective is trying to put together a, essentially a salary for every player on the roster. And, and this is the direction that NIL is going in. So we can expect that this is just keeping up with the Joneses, basically. Uh, the other interesting thing this week is that Boulevard, which is the officially officially sanctioned um, NIL collective that USC has, I think they call themselves a collective plus, um, they have officially launched and are now taking on partners and donations and all of that. So the game is on for USC, and it looks like these two things are going to coexist, and uh, we're going to see how they interact with each other uh, as as things go forward. Obviously, I think USC wants just Boulevard to be involved here, but it looks more and more like State Out it is is not just talk in the newspaper. It's uh they're moving forward. Yeah, it's it's all good news for USC in the sense of if, if you're gonna compete on the highest level against everybody else in the SEC, uh the Big Ten, you're gonna have to have some sort of um collective of some sort. I mean the 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 key thing for USC is gonna be wanting to make sure that all the compliance aspects are checked. Yes. Uh, and that doing the boulevard thing, I think, kind of gives SC some control back a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Where with Stay, with, um, stay Doubted, it's... No, sorry, not Stay Doubted. Student Body Right. I keep yeah. getting that wrong. Student Body Right is the one that's, um, that's the collective from outside. They're... You got to just cross your fingers and hope they stay above board. They should know better than to... Uh, than to skirt the rules, but right. <laughs> you know, yeah, um, it would be easier if the NCAA made the rules clear. So you're, you're hoping for something that'll never happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the the problem with college football is you need you need some sort of overlord that looks over things and is that commissioner, but nobody wants to agree on who that who, is. who that commissioner would be because that would mean ceding power. The SEC doesn't want to cede power. The Big Ten doesn't want to cede power, etc. So. Uh, it's this whole big thing, and it ends up being what it is. But uh, let's get into the season predictions. Alicia, USC plays 12 games starting on Saturday, 3 p.m. Pacific at the Coliseum, Pac-12 Network against Rice. Uh, let's get into uh, our, our our season predictions here. Uh, we, we've thrown up a handy-dandy spreadsheet uh, over on YouTube, if you're following us on YouTube, with all the games we'll walk through, uh, who says what, uh, and see what our final tallies of USC's win totals are. Uh, Alicia Rice, coached by Mike Bloomgren, the former Stanford assistant in his fifth year with the Owls, 4-8 last year. They, they don't bring a ton back uh, in terms of overall production. They were 77th. Overall ranked in that, but 14 starters, seven on offense, seven on defense. What do you, what, what do you got about the the uh, the Owls in week one? Uh, it's Rice. They're not. They're not good. Um, I, I don't know how else to say that. They just are not good. Um, if USC has played some not good teams to start the season before, and it's been a little bit easy to like highlight. Okay, uh, there's this intriguing quarterback, or there's this intriguing wide receiver, or running back, or something. I, I, I don't see it with this team. 
it's it's kind of the perfect like startup game. Yeah, you look at SC's non-conference games of late. Uh, they've played a lot of really good G5 teams, right? We've talked about it in the past, Western Michigan, uh, a team that's coming off of a Cotton Bowl. Uh, SC's played Fresno State a bunch of times. They're going to play Fresno State in week three this year. Uh, and Fresno State's always been a very respectable G5 team. Look at BYU last year, right? Like uh, a very good team that, you know, nearly uh, was talking about the playoffs at one point. So SC has played those teams. Rice is certainly not one of them. I think we can just tally this up as a win. Uh, you're you're predicting a win. I'm predicting a win. Easy peasy uh, for USC in week one and week two. Is that, that I mean, week one for both of us? Is that fair? One and oh start. If, if this isn't a win, then tune in for that car cast because I I don't know that I will be in a rational state of mind. All right, let's let's talk about week two. Week two, obviously, the big one up at Stanford. Uh, SC going to the farm, first time in four years. Didn't go there a couple of years ago during COVID. Uh, David Shaw, now in his 12th year, the Cardinals were three and nine last year. Three and nine, including a dominating thumping of the Trojans at the Coliseum. Just completely tore SC apart. Uh, Austin Jones, who's currently one of USC's running backs, played a big role in that. Uh, Tanner McKee is the quarterback. They bring back 17 starters, 10 on offense. 94% of their production is back on offense. Second most in the country. Third most in pre- returning production, all told, offense and defense. Uh, Lisa, what do, you, what do you make of the, of the Stanford Cardinal? I feel like we we constantly struggle to make anything of the Stanford Cardinal. And here we go, week two. Well, Stanford struggles to make anything of Stanford half the time at this point. So. I don't know. I have been beating the drum of like the week two wake up call, the Stanford wake up call, the, Oh, what's the most silly thing that'll happen. So it probably will the Stanford loss, all of that kind of stuff. And there is reason to look at this team and say, okay, you can't take them lightly. Tanner McKee looks like an, a legitimate quarterback. They have EJ Smith at running back. Who's the son of Emmett Smith on defense. I tend to think that, they will bounce back a little bit. They've got a, a shutdown corner in uh, Kai Blue Kelly. They have an Oklahoma transfer in Pat Fields at, at free safety. There's little pieces here and there to suggest they won't be three and nine again this year. Having said that, the more I think about it, the more I cannot, in good conscience, call this a USC loss. I just can't do it. I can't. I, I, like, there are, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it. There are no football reasons that USC should should lose this game. Uh-oh. There we go. I'm picking the win, and I'm going to regret it. It's but not I'm even the, the, the season hasn't even started, and you're bringing up the football reasons. I know. I know. It's just... So I, SC I, starting out 2-0 and with a win at Stanford. Yeah, All right. Yeah. I, so I have t- said this from the beginning. SC's first loss in the Lincoln-Riley era is week two. Against Stanford. I hear me out. Uh, I don't trust Stanford as far as I can throw them. three and nine last year. They were dead last in the pack 12 in defense. And if there's any strength on this team for USC, it will be the offense. And that's the offense that you would think would be ahead of the defense, especially early on this season, because 
they're returning a, a quarterback within the system in Caleb Williams, even though he wasn't USC's quarterback last year. It's the same system for him, right? And all of these, these high-powered weapons that SC has, it comes down to one thing. David Shaw, I don't think he's the great elite coach that he once was. I think the game, in a lot of ways, has sort of passed him by. and He's been a little reluctant to adapt, even though we've seen Stanford go to a more air-ready attack and do all those things. I think he's, he's adapting slowly. Having said that, if there's one thing that David Shaw is good at, it's winning games, the big games, when they have no business winning them. And I think that if you're David Shaw, you spend your entire offseason circling this game, putting all of your eggs in this basket. I would easily, I don't know who Stanford plays in week one. They play Colgate. Colgate? Yeah. Uh, I I expect them to struggle against Colgate because they're probably (laughs) not going to put anything on film and come out here and give SC hell in week two. And the thing I've been, I've been cautious of for USC is a slow start when it comes to talking about things about so many guys are new on this roster and it's going to take time to gel, especially on defense. And when Stanford brings back so many guys on offense, including Tanner McKee, and we know Tanner McKee can sling it. We saw him last year do it against SC we saw it as a recruit when he was coming out of Corona, right? Like SC fans know Tanner McKee pretty damn well. I think this is the game that Stanford wins. I think it's a game where it's a early season setback. I don't think it necessarily defines the season for SC. I don't think this is the same loss as Clay Helton's teams would suffer. This is mostly SC is breaking in a roster of so many different new components. You can't expect everything to work smoothly immediately. And when David Shaw puts all of his eggs in the basket of beating SC every year, I, I think that sort of continues. So honestly, if they weren't playing Colgate, I would maybe be a little bit more consistent in my I'm scared of this game sort of take. Like if they were playing Purdue or something or some random <laughs> like big twelve team or something to start right. the season. If they were then- playing Rice. Yeah, they were playing Rice, but the fact that they're playing Colgate, like it's not going to be the same like, oh, Stanford struggles and then suddenly turns it on in week two. Yeah. I I just, I think the narrative flips this season. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I think certainly on, on paper, I, I don't think you're wrong. Like I think the, the no football reasons is a thing. And the, you, yeah. in the comments, Poncho Cam is like, who's going to cover our wide receivers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very valid point. Like I said, they were dead last in, in defense in the Pac-12 last year. You know I don't what? think Stanford can cover the breadth of USC's receivers. So I think this ends up being probably a high-scoring game. But you know what it is? Sure. It, more than anything, this game will come down to protecting the football. I think if USC doesn't commit turnovers in this game, they're going to run away with it. Because offensively, I think like my fears of Tanner McKee going off are lessened significantly. If we look at what Pontracam is saying, it's like, who, how are they going to cover the receivers? Well, yeah, they're not going to be able to stop this offense unless the offense shoots themselves in the foot. So like, to me, if if you're predicting a USC loss at Stanford, I think it's going to be less about what David Shaw does and more is USC sloppy. Are there communication issues that lead to like a turnover situation that, is the reason for the loss. Not necessarily 
matchups here or there. It's just literally like USC lost the turnover battle by two. They lost the game. Yeah, when you're bringing in so many different new players, I think there's going to be growing pains, especially on defense for SC. Because um, it's a brand new defensive but system. But this is also a David Shaw offense that <laughs> is also known for sh- shooting themselves in the foot. Yes, so like if it's a, if it's a, a shootout, like, <laughs> give me USC. I know, but they were 3-9 and nine last year and they beat SC and Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, so they do it. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't I'm not tr- saying you're unreasonable. I don't, I don't trust Stanford. That's fair. I, I just weirdly trust Stanford in these types of games. But you don't trust Stanford to lose when they ought to lose in this context. Yes, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Uh, let's go to week three. SC against another in-state uh, rival to the north of sorts. Not really a rival. Uh, Fresno State. Um, Jeff Tedford back with the Bulldogs. Um, he was the the Bulldogs were ten and three last year. Uh, they returned a whole bunch of guys on offense and defense. Fifteen starters all told, eight on offense, including that guy quarterback Jake Hayner. If you didn't see the UCLA game last year, please go back and watch the last five minutes. In an incredible performance from Jake Hayner, the dude was like basically a zombie moving up and down the field, uh, and uh, I. You know I that, don't know how he beat UCLA, but he did. You know that meme that's popular right now where the it's the x-ray and then there's like the, the dog in, in the x-ray? Yes, Jake Hayner like, has Jake Hainer that dog should have been getting that treatment if that meme had been around. Yes, he's got that dog in him, for he's sure. He's got that dog in him. Yeah, th- th- this is an interesting game where I think that, you know, I talk about the Stanford game as being like the early test and, and for a team with as m- many changing components as SC has, it would make sense that you might not win uh, that early test Fresno state is on paper easily the bigger test than Stanford is, but Fresno state's at home. Uh, SC tends to to beat Fresno state in these things in games that are very close, very close. So uh, what do you have in week three? This one's tricky. This one's really tricky because that Fresno state team last year was dangerous. It's all hell and keeping Jake Hayner, despite losing Kalen DeBoer to Washington, was a huge, huge win because he's the heart and soul of that team. So I think that you you underestimate this Fresno State team at your own peril. Yeah. But at the same time, hmm, like you said, it's at, it's at the Coliseum. USC will have the talent advantage as always. Um, Jeff Tedford, will he be able to keep that sort of momentum going with this team? How much of that was Kalen DeBoer? How much of that was Tedford's uh, skill on offense? Um, It's tricky. It's tricky. Who you got? I got USC, but I think this will be like, I think this will be the, the game where people might start to feel a little bit nervous about like, instead of being like, I have USC at three and O at this point. Instead of being like a three and zero where everyone's talking about like oh it's time to get you know it's time to get going it's like I think this game will will be a harbinger for what comes next if you get my drift. Hmm. Okay. Um. Save that thought. Uh, for me, Fresno State is the impressive early win for SC. Uh, I think Fresno State is the arguably the toughest opponent in September. I mean, week four at Oregon State in Corvallis is probably tougher. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh. But Fresno State is right there as like a 1A, 1B kind of situation, those two games. 
and I think SC gets the win. I think that this is when you start to think, see things sort of come together for SC. Again, for me, it's about the defense. When is it? How long is it going to take the defense to sort of turn around? And mind you, I think Jake Hayner and Jalen Cropper, uh, like those guys are very good. Very, very good. Again, w- go back and watch that UCLA game last year. But I think SC is able to sort of rally after the Stanford loss and uh, get the win here leading up to the game at Corvallis. So Before we move to Corvallis, I do want to yeah. highlight Josh in, in the chat says, the question is not if USC can outscore Fresno, but can USC stop Fresno from scoring? 100%, yeah. This it's is, the 2005 situation. Yes, this is definitely the game where the defense could get exposed. Yeah, I mean, I think in the first two weeks, I think you could absolutely see that. I think that w- yeah. we've talked about the idea of being SC being Big 12 bad, and mm-hmm. I think that you're going to see that in week two against Stanford and week and week three against That's why uh, SC. USC has to have Reggie Bush lead the team out on the field for this <laughs> and go get his uniform and pads on so that so, he can relive that whole thing. That Fresno State game was so incredible because obviously it's, it's the signature game for Reggie Bush, right? Mm-hmm. At the same point, he fumbles in the fourth quarter and SC nearly loses because <laughs> like it's wild. Like no one ever remembers that part. Yeah, it, it helps when you have um like a classic highlight that everyone can focus on instead. <laughs> this is true. Uh week four, SC goes on the road to Corvallis, a Reezer Stadium that is currently like being torn down and built up at the same time. And then Jonathan Smith and the Beavers coming off of a seven and six record uh, a seven and six record that features a dominant win over sc in which the beavers won for the first time in the coliseum since 1960 1960 and of course they return a bunch of guys 15 starters six on offense nine on defense chase nolan back at quarterback but uh did i see that he wasn't picked as a captain uh so like it's one of those situations hmm. is there a controversy i didn't know that at, quarterback for for the beeves i don't know i thought chase nolan was pretty damn good last year uh isaac hodgins is back 30 starts uh on that defensive line he's someone to keep an eye on uh and one of the best offensive linemen in the in the conference joshua gray over at left tackle is a guy uh to help the beavers on the ground uh the beavers have been great in the run game they're gonna have to break in a new starter uh after uh losing the guy from last season who i can't remember baylor the name baylor yeah uh, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, what do you got? I feel like a prisoner of two thousand six or seven and eight and all of the like. Two thousand seven. I'm a Jordan prisoner State. of the early two thousands. I'm a prisoner of the Pete Carroll era. If I was treating this game exactly like I treated the Fresno State game or the Stanford game. This would be a win for USC, but I'm a prisoner. I'm a prisoner. The road trip to Oregon State is way different to me than the than the road trip to Stanford. It just feels different. I have a bad feeling in my gut. Oregon State can put up points. Um, their defense has been bad, but uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe they'll be less, slightly less bad. I I I gotta go. I, I'm going loss. I don't think USC is going to make it through the first four games of the season without a loss. Will it definitely be Oregon State? I don't know. But there will be one loss in those first four games. Ross in the in the chat on YouTube says, don't, don't do, do it, Alicia. Alicia. And Josh is saying, where's the optimistic Alicia? I mean, 
I think I can be optimistic, Alicia, and still admit that like the chances of there being just some random loss in the first four games of the season is likely. Um, yeah, for, for me, this is a loss because Oregon State's a good football team. I think yeah. that this is a no shame loss. Um, not n- not necessarily in what no shame would be as in a loss in Notre Dame or Utah and sent like those are, you know, top 10 teams. Um, but I think Oregon State at Corvallis, weird things happen there, especially when Jonathan Smith is on the field. Uh, SC knows that quite well. Look back at 2000. Uh, things are, um, yeah, I think this this is one of those games where SC fights pretty pretty hard uh, and, and just doesn't get the early win. And I don't think there's any shame in that because Oregon State's a pretty damn good football team. So two and two on the start for me. You have SC starting three and one out of the gate in September. Let's go to week five. Uh, it's Arizona State and Herm Edwards, who somehow still has a job, despite no one knowing why. The Sun Devils were eight and five last oh, year. Oh, I know, I know why because their athletic director shouldn't have a job, and he still does too. So it, it is <laughs> utterly baffling how ASU continues to exist, but they do. Uh, eight and five were the Sun Devils last year. Um, they they do bring back seven starters. Um, the quarterback is Emory Jones. Gone is Jaden Daniels, who's off to LSU. Uh, Emory Jones is transferring in from Florida. Uh, they got a receiver transfer from Utah, Brian Thompson. Uh, Merlin Robertson, the guy on defense, still th- continues to be their talisman on defense. But what do you got? As- SC played a weird game last year against ASU, in which they had plenty of chances but lost by 15 on the road. This ASU team is a dumpster fire. Emory Jones is not the savior. Uh, no. No. Yes, he wins. Uh, Herm Edwards is... Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah. He's not going to save himself this year. Nope. Uh-uh. I, I think this, this might be one of the biggest wins on the calendar for me. Uh, on I, schedule. Yeah, I, I, I can get behind that. I see Arizona State as a team in absolute turmoil. Absolutely. I would not be surprised uh, if they end up like just completely imploding and not showing it all this season. Yeah, like this could be a mid-season firing situation too. Like, I mean, it should have been a preseason firing. I mean, yeah, situation. straight up. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm. I, I think there are too many moving parts. Uh, Jaden Daniels, they'll miss, and I don't think Jaden Daniels ever got to the potential that he was supposed to. Better than Emory to. Jones. Yes, better than Emory Jones, but I, I don't think he was uh, the quarterback ASU wanted um, him to ever be. Um, let's go to week six. Washington State, it's family weekend. Jake Dickert is back. His uh, first full season, second year, uh, all told, for the Cougs. They were 7-6 and six last year. This is an interesting team. I think that a lot of reasons to sort of root for Washington State. Um, Dickert dealt a, a bad hand last year after the whole uh, shabacle that, that happened. Um, but this is a team in which they lost a ton of dudes. They're 119th in, in overall returning production. Uh, they do have a new quarterback in Cameron Ward, who's the second team All-America uh, FCS quarterback from Incarnate Word from last year. Um, but still a lot of moving parts. Washington State's not ready. I think SC gets a, uh easy win here in week six against uh, the Cougs. Yeah, the only wild card here is if Cameron Ward turns out to be something special. Yeah. 
And uh, I mean, maybe he does. I just don't have the evidence to support that at this point. So no, I, I don't think the trajectory that Washington State is on suggests that this should be anything but a but a win for USC, especially at home. Um, maybe getting caught looked at, looking ahead to to Utah is the only worry, but like yeah. I'm not even going to go there. Uh, it just this matchup doesn't doesn't suit uh, doesn't suit Washington State. And uh, this the, by this point in the season, if injuries aren't taking their toll, then uh, teams should. Start like you should start to feel like they've got some momentum going. You should start to feel like they're coming together. And and right. if you're looking at hopefully having the defense turn things around, um, this has got to be the point. These two games, Arizona State, Washington State, has got to be the point where things start to start clicking for them. So if if this is if you call this a loss, like then something's going wrong. Something's going wrong as far as the implementation of the defense or there's just like massive injuries and we can't predict massive injuries because you don't know when or this, where those are going to strike. It's got to be a win. Th- this is a win. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think you need to explain it that much. This yeah. is, <laughs> is going to be a win for SC against Washington State. I, I, I want to see what Washington State can do. I, I like I, I'd look yeah. for them in the North to see what they can do. Yeah. Uh, and Cam Ward is interesting, even though he shares the name with a, uh, uh, a pretty average goalie who was one time a consummate Smythe winner. Hmm. Uh, that's a whole side plot. Um, let's go to week seven, the game of the season on the road at Rice Eccles. The last trip for SC going into Rice Eccles. The last time SC has to go there before they trade in Utah for um, Utah, who I've always considered like the Iowa of the Pac-12 hmm. in terms of like that pesky opponent who just like somehow just beats everybody and like you're like how did they do it again yeah. and now sc will have to play real iowa um pretty soon uh but nonetheless october 15th at rice eccles stadium in salt lake city kyle whittingham his 18th season as the head coach of the utes after replacing uh, a little guy named uh, urban meyer uh 10 and 4 were the utes last year they lost the rose bowl in a crazy crazy barn burner of a game um, returning production is there. They bring back Cam Rising and eight starters on offense. Uh, Tavion Thomas is back. Brand Keithy is back at tight end. Dalton Kincaid is back at tight end. You got to be loving that. Uh, on defense, it's it's a little bit tougher of the returning production, uh, a little bit less there. But I don't care. It's a Kyle Whittingham defense. They'll be ready. Yeah, when I say that USC is going to lose this game. It's not because I think this USC team is going to be deficient in any way. I love this Utah team. I think this this Utah team is going to be exceptional. Yeah, Cam Rising is a dog at quarterback. Um, that offense is going to do what they do. The concern I have is they did lose Devin Lloyd, big big personalities on on defense that they need to fill. But we've seen Kyle Whitting- Whittingham and this defense take care of business every year and, and recycle and reload and all of that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to count them out on that front. When you go to Salt Lake city to play a Utah team that looks as good as this one, you're, you're, you're just going to risk having the loss. Now Utah's a good team. I think this will be a closer loss than it had been in the past. Um, I think it will be, a game where potentially USC's offense can keep them in the game. 
But when it comes down to it, Rice Eccles, I it's it's just you got to pencil this one in this loss. This is the game I'm looking for so forward to because I think that it's going to be a super fun game. Like this is the matchup that you want to see what this USC offense can do against the, uh, in an environment like that. A um, but against a team like Utah that has so much going for them, um, even if their defense isn't completely as stacked as it was last year with Devin Lloyd and all that, again, it's Kyle Whittingham. They're going to be ready. They're going to be prepared. I can't imagine that they're just going to line up and do the 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 man defense thing like in the uh, the man coverage thing in the, in the Matt Fink game. Um, but you never know. Um, this is... This is going to be the game of the year in the Pac-12. I think it's going to be a barn burner. The end to go down to the end. I think Utah gets the win at the end, and there's no shame in that for SC because Utah is a damn good team. Uh, and through seven games going into the bye week, I have SC at four and three. You have SC at five and two. Both of those sound like records of the Clay Helton era, but I am going to say this right now before anyone looks at my record and says that I'm doubting Lincoln Riley. I am not. I am not at all. This is all about year one. Uh, remember uh, Nick Saban in year one at uh, at Alabama went six and six in the regular season. So um, I don't think this there's any issue starting out four and three um, if that if that is the case. And it's all about the eye test and what you do in the second half of the season. We will see that when we get to the second half of the season, which starts two weeks later, week nine at Arizona. It's Jed Fish and the Wildcats. Talked about them before. Kind of feel like Colorado a few years back um, under Mike McIntyre, which like they they might be like pesky. Washington was, pe- I mean, Arizona was pesky last year, right? Yeah, they they seem to play with a certain amount of belief. That's scary <laughs> for a, a team that's not very good on paper. And uh, and those are the kind of teams that pull off upsets. It, it yeah. I know you you said it reminds you of Colorado. It almost reminds me of like Jonathan Smith, Oregon State, when it was like this is not a good team, but like that team clearly buys into their head coach. Wait, wait, and, which Jonathan Smith, Oregon State, like last year's? No, like the like the second like two year. years ago. Yeah, where they it's not like they were winning a lot of games, but they were closer than you would expect in a lot of games. And I think that's what right. you've seen from this Arizona team. It's like. I don't know that they're capable of beating anyone yet, but they're closer than they should be. Yes. Given how skeptical I was of Jed Fish as a head coach and what that roster that he inherited looked like and, you know, all of that. So when you look at that one on 11 record, like it wasn't like a, you know, face down in the dirt one on 11. It was like they were trying one on 11. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to peg this as a, an upset special or anything for USC. I think yeah. USC still wins this game. But like this would not surprise me at all if USC wins this game. And it's like a little closer for comfort than it I, really has any any right to be just because it's it's at Arizona and it's coming off that the the Utah game and win or lose that game. There's a letdown possibility the next week. Are you so, saying like, win? Oh, I'm absolutely saying win. Yeah. Yes, absolutely saying win. But I do want to give respect to Arizona. They have Jaden Delora, the um, the Washington State transfer. Yeah, they, they can make plays. Jed Fish recruited uh, Tatara McMillan, who was a legitimate receiver prospect. Yeah. Uh, so, like, and they've got Hunter Eccles on, on defense, so that'll be an interesting matchup. Like, they're doing good things there. I don't think they're going to beat USC. No. I, I, I don't even think it's going to be close. I think it'll be close for 
for a minute there and it's going to be like, oh, look at Arizona fighting. Like this I, is something. I think, yeah, I think Arizona could could put in a strong 20 minutes. Yeah. This is SC in a runaway. Yeah, sure. yeah. But but like don't count out the strong Arizona 20 minutes. Like don't don't sure. count that out as a as a very, very strong possibility just to keep you, you know, on the edge of your seat for a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it's a win. It, it's a win for both of us. And I think both of us uh, would have SC winning somewhat sizably, even yeah. if we, we do believe in Arizona a little bit. Uh, let's go to week Basically, 10. Basically, don't, don't take USC, whatever line they give you, like don't take USC in a bet. So you're but, already picking Arizona to cover? So I would I would pick Arizona to cover because this line is going to be something like 40 points. It's going to be like 35 well, that's, points. That's so fair. Then again, yeah. we don't know if, if this is an SC team that, you know, scores 50 in a blink of an eye. Yeah. Then you never know. You yeah. never know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Week, week 10, game nine at home against Cal. It's homecoming. Homecoming for Justin Wilcox now in his sixth year up uh, at Berkeley, which is crazy to think about. Uh, the Bears are five and seven last year. Uh, they don't return a lot on offense. Uh, just three starters, 114th overall in returning production. Uh, Jack Plummer is the quarterback transfer from Purdue. Uh, Jackson Sermon is the linebacker transfer from Washington. Uh, Justin Wilcox knows his dad pretty damn well. And I, I don't know what to make of Cal. I think Cal is well coached. Um, I think that I think Cal is what Cal has been. I think they are a, a, a difficult team to play against, but I think at this point in the year, after the bye week, I think SC is going to start to hit their groove. Cal is just trending in the wrong direction. I, I think that we've seen the best of Justin Wilcox at Cal. I think that... Have we seen the best of Justin Wilcox, or have we seen the best of Justin Wilcox at Cal? I think we've seen the best of Justin Wilcox at Cal. Okay. Um, but- I just don't know how you succeed at Cal at this point. It's hard to recruit there, given the financial situation that that athletic program is in. Um, I just, I don't see them being better than the five and seven that they've been. Yeah. Um, USC lost to them in a game last year that was completely irrelevant, and a game that meant nothing to anybody. A game that meant nothing yeah. to anybody. So, like, obviously, got they can they can that. come come out and play, but like. I uh, there's very little to like about Cal, honestly. I, I again, it's one of those teams like in a in a less extreme version of like Rice, where you just look at the lineup and you just go, eh. I don't, I don't. There's no one that puts the fear of God in me when it comes when it comes to this team. So of yeah. course they're gonna upset USC. <laughs> Wait, are you picking them to win? No, no, no. I got USC as a win. Okay. I, uh, right. USC as a win. Yeah. Uh, at home, I no, I don't, I don't see this being. Uh, being any anything that USC will have to yeah. worry about. SC gets the win for you to go to seven and two, me six and three. Uh, let's go to week eleven. It's Colorado. Last ever time SC has to play play Carl Durrell because I'm calling it now. It, it, there's no way he comes back next year. Like, <laughs> let's let's stop the experiment already. Uh, the Buffs are four and eight last year. They were pretty bad. Um, Pretty bad. Um, Brendan Lewis, not the exp- the the Brendan Lewis at quarterback thing, not necessarily working. There's a reason that Brendan Rice ultimately transferred to SC. Uh, it's a Friday night game. Colorado has never, ever, ever, ever beaten SC in football. Uh, can we just pencil in the wins for both of us here? 
Yeah, I mean, you can sort of plug in a lot of what I said about Cal for this. I, I don't like the direction of the program. There really isn't a lot of reasons to be optimis- optimistic at all. Yeah. It's just, no. Um, it would take some sort of act of God for this to turn out to be anything but a win for you USC. and your your act of god and fear of god i'm, so I'm uh, yeah this is this your, is your notre dame god god fearing you god fearing yeah. alicia is in the, is in the chat apparently yeah. uh let's talk about week 12 game 11 for usc november 19th at ucla at the rose bowl chip kelly it is a big year for chip kelly uh the bruins have an interesting thing going on the 95th and overall uh, returning production that returned just two starters on defense was crazy. Uh, but backing in at quarterback is Dorian Thompson Robinson. I thought they were really good last year. Um, in, well, I thought they were good two years ago in the COVID year. Kind of turned things around. Uh, they were pretty damn good uh, last year, except a couple of games in which they lost were a little frustrating to, to see if you're a UCLA fan, which if you're watching this, you're probably not. Uh, Fresno State game lost at the end. Um, but DTR is back for year five. He absolutely tore SC a new one uh, last November. Bruins scored, was it 62 points? Tying Chip Kelly's road record at the Coliseum of scoring 62 points. Uh, What happens this year at the Rose Bowl? Well, I think everything you take last year and just throw it out the window, especially when you're dealing with the rivalry game. Uh, UCLA for the last handful of years has been a team that you look at and go, well, they could be good or they could be really bad. And yep. they've sort of been floating in between uh, that sort of, we're going to be a little bit good sometimes, but also a bit bad sometimes. And we're just going to get one win better every season <laughs> to make you sort of think that maybe this next year is the year and uh, Chip Kelly's going to keep his job because they pay him. They they want to pay his buyout and you, all of that. You know that. what I find frustrating about the Chip Kelly era? I think if Chip Kelly's name was anything else, he wouldn't. I think that you'd look at them and say like they're in a good situation, but like the hype of the Chip Kelly hire, they have never lived up to. I think they were a really good team last year and. You'd want to believe in that coaching staff if it wasn't year four under Chip Kelly, the best coach they could have hired at the time. You know what I mean? Like, it's they are achieving things while not achieving anything at the same time, and that's so weird to sort of gauge where they are as a as a whole. Yeah, well, I just they were eight and four last year, and it it was a very unimpressive eight and four to me. Like. I think they can be good. They can be good on their day, but they're not. I mean, you know what? They're a microcosm. (coughs) Excuse me. They're a microcosm of like DTR. DTR. Good-ish quarterback, but only ever good-ish or below. Like you can't count on him to be like a great quarterback. And maybe he proves me wrong this year. Yeah, good, good dual threat. He's a he's a playmaker give him respect, but like he's never that level higher that they need him to be right. Like that, that whole team is that. So to me, USC wins this game. I can't pick USC to lose this game. I just can't do it. Yeah. I think SC gets a win. I I go back to what I said. I I think that this season for SC is going to be about getting over some 
early season hurdles of some growing pains by uh, introducing two new systems on offense and defense, especially on defense. But I think when you get to the end, I think SC's going to be clicking on all cylinders. That's what we've seen from Oklahoma, right? Like mm-hmm. um, Oklahoma has been a team under Lincoln Riley where maybe they have an early season setback and then they end up inevitably getting to the Pac-12, the, the big 12 championship game. That's sort of what I see from SC this year. Yeah. I think they have an early season setback and then they just kind of put on the afterburners. Uh, and I think that that's one big statement is that UCLA um, at the Rose bowl to get Lincoln Riley's sort of his first uh, signature win. So uh, we agree that SC wins uh, the, the victory bell back. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I wouldn't pick it any other way. All right. Can let's do. go. Uh, week 13, the final game of the regular season, November 26th, Thanksgiving Saturday against your alma mater, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, Marcus Freeman in his first season as the head coach of the Domers. Uh, the Irish were 11-2 and two last year. Returning production, not the greatest. 93rd uh, overall, they were ranked, uh, according to SP Plus, in returning production. Uh, 49% of the returning production is back on offense. It's 113th in the country. Uh, what make a view of the Irish? Okay. Okay. What, what, what are you doing? Okay. I have been all summer very comfortable, uh-huh. very comfortable with a nine and three record for USC. Really uh-huh. comfortable with like a nine and three, eight and four if things go wrong earlier That's, in the season. So you're predicting a loss. And a win for your alma mater. The more I look at Notre Dame, the less I like them. Like, Marcus Freeman, first-year head coach. Clay Helton vibes, Ed Orgeron vibes, like interim coach energy vibes, but, like, not enough actual experience under his belt to justify having the reins at such a premium university. Mm-hmm. They won't have, like, I thought Jack Cohen was a good quarterback for them last year. He's gone. The returning production thing, like, across the board, they've lost a lot of key players. Mm-hmm. If I think, like you, that by this time in the season, we should start to see the Lincoln-Riley effect in full force. The offense should be clicking. The defense should be at least stabilized a little bit. Add the Coliseum. With a Notre Dame team that I don't trust, lock me in for ten and two. Lock me in for ten and two. You're doing it. I'm doing it. I told myself not to do it, but I'm doing it. Lock me in for ten and two. Wow. It, that, it how does it feel to pick against your your um my what? your alma mater? I feel great because I'm very skeptical of Notre Dame all the time. Well, there you go. You have SC finishing 10 and 2. And I, I don't know. With, with a perfect uh, final half of the season, I, five straight wins. I don't know how I got there because I was very resistant <laughs> to the idea of 10 and 2. All right. I, here we I, are. I have to agree with you in this. <laughs> I think that these, I think the, the last two weeks of the year, I think, are just going to be statement wins for SC against UCLA and Notre Dame. I think that's when everything should come together. Uh, I don't think SC is going to be a perfect team by the end of the season. Uh, I, I don't necessarily in, in this sort of prediction, which gives me a nine to three record and you a ten and two record. Like 
I don't necessarily think the SC is going to be a finished product and, and then potentially depending on how everything breaks out, go out uh, and, and beat Utah again. I don't necessarily think that's going to, I mean, in this situation, beat Utah for the first time. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that's going to play out. Having said that, I think that week year one, we've talked about before is all about establishing that you're better and establishing improvement. And I think this year is going to be about that. I think SC sort of puts everything together in the second half and gets better as, as they go. And, you know, I, there's a comment in here from Poncho cam three losses. Isn't an early season setback and Riley has never lost more than two games in a season. That's true. Lincoln Riley has also never had to <laughs> inherit talent yeah. um, or inherit a roster uh, that was went four and eight the year before. So I think that's important to, to mention here. Um, and you look back at it and you look at the losses that I have SC losing the Stanford and Oregon state. They absolutely can win both of those games. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. I, I mean, and they could lose the UCLA game. Yeah. You know, you know like they could lose the Notre Dame game. Yeah. Th- there's a couple of w- different ways that things can go. I, I think the, the key thing for me in, in my prediction, the spirit of this and the, what I've said the last couple of months is do not look, read too much into the wins and losses. Look at how USC looks in the eye test. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think SC is going to be pretty good at the end of the season in the eye test. Honestly, like 10 and 2 outside of being undefeated and actually being a legitimate team that can actually contend, which is obviously the best case scenario, that would be wonderful. Right. 10 and 2 feel would feel really good because assuming that those two losses are not 2017 losses, <laughs> like that's the key. Um like, don't get blown out is really just like you can lose as many games as you want, but don't go, go, don't get blown out as far as I'm concerned if we're talking eye tests. But 10 and 2 feel, would feel really good because momentum's really good. You're clearly building towards something, but right. you're not in danger of getting thrown into the playoff prematurely so that your momentum gets you be. crushed by Alabama. You, uh, you could be, though. Because, I mean, you could be a 10 well, and 2 okay. and then a Pac 12 title win. But if Because if you beat Utah, you erase the early one. Yeah, but lost. your likelihood is a ten and two of eleven and two. your likelihood to get in the playoff with two losses is certainly lower than with one loss or no losses. But you, you don't think people will be willing to like buy into the narrative? Like, oh, if USC won their last five games in a row and then and then reverse the Utah, yeah, people will be like, do you remember the twenty sixteen season? Yes, I do. They were talking about <laughs> USC, so yeah, I yeah, I know. like I. Maybe people made that argument in 2017, even though no one believed it. My end goal for this season is positive moves forward and don't have to play Alabama at any point in the season. That's it. Like, if if you get out of this without having to play Alabama, because that will be embarrassing um, for everybody who has to do it, and I don't want to watch that, then you're good. Yeah. There you go. Uh, You have SC at 10-2. I have SC 9-3. Those are our season predictions. Uh, more to come from us this week, USC and Rice Lock and Horns at the Coliseum on Saturday afternoon. Uh, we're going to be predicting our, our our predictions. Wink, wink. Wonder what those are going to be uh, for that uh, that game and previewing well, that game in more detail uh, later this week on Monday night, five p.m. here on YouTube. As uh, oh, for for Rice. Yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday night. That's what I said, Wednesday night. I thought you said Monday. 
Wednesday night. Well, we might be. We're we're in a state. I mean Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, as the chat pointed out, they want score predictions, which I hate giving, by the way. The score predictions come in our game But previews. score predictions will come on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, in, in every game preview episode, we, we put out the score production predictions. And over-unders. And- yeah. Over-under game. We'll get all of those things. Uh, so be on the lookout for those. A um, couple of questions we want to get to here before we wrap this thing up. So if you've got questions, throw them in the chat. Um and then we will wrap this thing up and see you guys again on Wednesday. Uh, first one comes from Josh. How optimistic is optimistic, optimistic Alicia tonight, being that it's game week? I mean, 10 and 2. That's all I got to say. I'm feeling good. 10 and 2. That's the first time I've, I've, uh, I've done 10 and 2 this entire offseason. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dave says, is there going to be a rot over under Google Doc this season? Yes, we will do it. We will do uh, over under um, and send out a Google form for you guys to fill out and play over under with us. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that again, as we've done the last two or three seasons. Yeah, it should be fun, too, because there's sort of a new new vibe around um, the offense and defense. So I think we're going to be potentially able to go a little bit more bold in our over-unders at times, um, a little less dire having to do penalty predictions, although that's <laughs> entirely possible. We could have done those during the Pete Carroll era too. So yeah. How many false starts will there be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. R- Ross says, when does the depth chart drop? Um, I don't know. I, the game notes came out on uh, Monday morning, uh, this morning, and there was no depth chart in them. So, I am beginning to think there will not be a depth chart that gets dropped. So a a lot of teams do that. A lot of teams don't drop a depth chart until after week one. Mm -hmm. Um, Could be they drop something later in the week. Uh, It it really just depends on how they decide to proceed. Uh, It's it's up to to Lincoln Riley. Yes, indeed. Uh, Well, that's going to wrap us up for our season predictions episode. Thank you guys as always for listening. Also, if if you've been watching us on YouTube, go find us on Apple podcasts and everything else, because we did put down a round table with our friend Kilior and our other friend, uh, Kenneth Martin from trailer hates Thursdays, formerly of Traveler hates Thursdays, a podcast we miss desperately. Hmm. Like we need that back in our lives. Um, but we, we got Keely and Kenny on, on Friday and posted a round table and it was a hell of a lot of fun. So go listen to that. Uh, thank you guys for listening as always. Again, if you're on YouTube, be sure to like, like the, uh, the, the stream here, the video and uh, subscribe to us. And then if you're on Apple podcasts, subscribe and leave a review and we'll see you back on Wednesday, Wednesday night to preview the rice owls, USC and rice coming up Saturday afternoon. Uh, and then, of course, Saturday night, the first live car cast in Reddit for history. It's going uh, to be a fun one, guys. A, a solo pod for Alicia. So that'll be a good mm-hmm. time. So thank you guys, as always, for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. See ya. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.